Hey everybody, and welcome to the next episode of It's Bananas with Jeremy Fisher. Uh, thank you guys so much for tuning in. Don't forget to like and subscribe the video uh, and to the channel as well. Um, guys, this happens every Monday at 9 a.m. Um, thank you guys so much for tuning in. Today's guest is going to be Dan Rosen. Thank you so Jeez. much yeah, for coming out. Thanks so much for having me out on the yeah, show. Yeah, I'm really glad that, uh, that you came out to, to do this. Uh, how long have you been doing comedy for? Uh, I'd say, like, really seriously doing it the last three years or so. Mm -hmm. uh, like, and then there's, like, some on and off time. Mm -hmm. I first tried it, like, 13 years ago. Did, like, three or four sets. And then did, like, yeah, like, sort of, like, a mic where there was, like, a... It was in, like, a dank basement bar with, like... That's pretty much like water, yeah, like, comedy show. But it was like the water like dripping off of like a pipe in front of me and people were like going there to have a quiet meal and then be like, oh no, there's comedy. And then I was like, oh, I can't do this. And then years later came back and be like, I'm going to do this. Yeah. And so, yeah. That's awesome. It's funny how it's just like, oh no, there's, there's a comedy show yeah. going on. That's like the biggest thing when you ever go to like a comedy show that's not an actual room for yeah. comedy. So if it's not yuck yucks or absolutes, it's like people are wait. There's like a comedy show going on. Yeah, I think like yeah. They I'm, do that around here for sure. There's sometimes where I'll be like, yeah, like where it just happens like that, and other times where I kind of want like want to be like, oh, like can you like put up a sign or something to like prepare people for? Yeah, I feel well. It's also time. it's also on like the the producer's job too to let people yeah. know like, hey, by the way, in like an hour there's gonna be a comedy show. So if you want to stick around, do it. But like yeah. bring in like new people that are coming in. Like they should definitely like, have some flyer or something like that to let people know yeah. that like hey this is going to be happening yeah for sure i mean it depends because and sometimes it works out i remember once uh, i was at a show actually a couple of weeks ago out of town and it was uh yeah like it was a specific like saturday night comedy night and there was a family there that they were like responsive to when like comedy started and i guess they saw that there was like a stage with a microphone and then like, near the end, like, the headliner was talking about eating ass and then asked everyone at that table if they ate ass and then found out that they just wanted in and didn't expect there to be a comedy show. Mm -hmm. They were very good sports about it, but it was just, like, really funny where, uh, yeah, just to see, like, how that happens. I think, like, you have to, like, but, like, yeah, the host, I think, did a good job of, like, just easing everyone into it, be like, hey, like, if you weren't here for comedy, like, don't worry, it's going to be a good time, that yeah. kind of thing. Yeah. Have you definitely noticed, like, a big boom in, like, the amount of people doing comedy shows in Toronto? For sure. Like, it just, I mean, even when I start, even, like, when people talk about, like, 10 years before I started and saying how it used to be just kind of, like, yuck yucks and maybe a few other, mm -hmm. like, a couple absolute, other spots, absolute, and like, and, like, and, like, Comedy Bar had shows, but not nearly as many as they do now, mm -hmm. um, and then now, like, it's, I mean, like, Comedy Bar alone has, like, four to six shows a night. And then there's going to be, like, there's a lot more bars and, like, uh, different places. Which, on the one hand, it means you can do a lot of gigs, which is great. Mm -hmm. But it does mean that there's then just, like, so many comedians all the time. And so it's hard to, like, sometimes it, you really have to push to get yourself out there. Yeah, but it's also hard, like, doing, like, the random venues at, like, bars, let's say. Because sometimes they have, like, music playing. Or sometimes there's people talking in the background. Or there's, like, oh, pool, sure. like people playing pool in the background. And it's, like, it's very distracting. And, like, it feels like not a lot of the people are, like, actually engaged into it. Yeah, for sure. Like, there are times where I've gone in, they'll be like, oh, by the way, you're competing with, like, the Leafs game on TV tonight. Mm -hmm. and like, or they'll have told me, like, like you're booked, just know that this is going to be the case. Like, all right, cool. Like, got to be more interesting than, like, the oldest hockey team in Canada. Yeah. <laughs> but I think you could definitely do that. I mean, they haven't won for the past, what, 65, yeah. years? I don't know. Like, well, people have literally yeah. gone their entire lifetime 
of yeah. like not seeing the Leafs win and cheering from since like the day they were born to the day they die. Yeah, it's true. It's it's a funny thing because like on the one hand, like I get excited, like I love the Raptors winning last year. Yeah. But it definitely affected like how many shows that got booked on because then all of a sudden people would be like, look, there's like a huge game, we have to cancel tonight's yeah. uh, show. So it's one of those things where like uh, on the one hand, like I get excited for Toronto and then on the other hand, I was like, Oh, can't like all our teams just like do really well during the regular season and then just like tank the playoffs so that like it's easier to get people out to like comedy shows and yeah. stuff like that. There's, yeah, that's definitely yeah. hard, especially since we have like the Toronto Raptors and the Leafs that are playing. So like double the, the yeah, amount of yeah. shows like every single For week sure. that you're seeing because it's like if it's not uh, Leafs one night, it's the Raptors the next night, and they just keep going back and forth, back and forth. Yeah. So it's like really hard to compete. Like unless you have like a really good show and you have like like people that know that oh i'm gonna go to like yuck yuck to see a really good show because like with them they're always like selling out like all of their like friday yeah. saturday nights because it's like people that actually want to go see comedy for sure Whereas yeah. it's just like at a venue at like a bar or something it's like people that probably went there to go see like the raptors players like yeah. the play. and it's like by the way we're doing comedy yeah what yeah and i think a lot of the time like if there is like if it's a playoff game then they'll just say like look we have to like cancel that show because people are like, and you kind of have to i think uh, unfortunately roll with it that like yeah. yeah like you know like it is like people are always going to care more about because like you'll have I was talking to Andrew Barr about how he said like because you'll have bandwagon fans for sports teams who will just be like oh like our like local sports teams doing really well but you won't have like bandwagon fans for comedy shows necessarily where it's like oh, like, this, like, local comedy show is doing really well. Like, everyone's all going to go into it and yeah. be like, oh, I always love them and buy, like, a T-shirt for that comedy show and yeah. start, like, I don't know, like, practicing that person's bits or whatever. Like, mm-hmm. unless, like, that person's on TV or something like that, then it's yeah. hard. But, like, I once had, like, Mark Little headlining one of my shows mm-hmm. and I was so sure that, like, it was going to be a killer show and it was, like game six of the first time the Leafs won the playoffs in 10 years mm-hmm. and so everyone was just watching that game instead yeah yeah and even and like even like Mark Little who was like like really it was really nice and like a super good sport about it and he was like yeah it's alright like he says like this is what happens when there's like a big sports playoff thing yeah yeah, yeah so you were mentioning that uh, you have your own show um, the opening act with Dan Dan Rose said. Yeah. Every, it's once a month, right? It's once a month. So it's the okay. first Wednesday of each month. And Wednesday actually isn't too bad of a day, I find. Because it's yeah. like, in the middle of the week, so usually people after the weekend, they're like, Monday and Tuesday, yeah, we're just going to stay in. Mm-hmm. And then, I think often like on Wednesday, people are like, alright, we could like go out for yeah, the friends night. be like, hey, yeah, let's go outside, yeah. let's go have some fun tonight, before yeah. like the weekend, like pre-weekend, kind of like fun. Yeah. So, how long have you been doing that show for? So that one is... Um, that'll be three years in March mm-hmm. this year. Yeah. Um, so that's so that's nice. It's exciting. And I do really like Comedy Bar. I think it is a very like supportive venue. And Gary has really helped me try and find a time. Gary, who runs the bar, has really helped me find a time that works well for me with that show. So that's yeah. been really great. And he and it's um yeah, it's been a fun thing. Like it's taken a while to figure out like you know the formula that i think works best mm-hmm. uh to get you know like different acts and sometimes it's not even just stand-up comedy i'll have improv or sketch i had a magician so you, on the yeah, show you just once. do whatever kind of yeah. like works out best for it's you. mostly stand-up but i like to throw in yeah like something yeah, else that will be yeah for sure and like mm-hmm. if someone had something 
that like they're like this is funny but it's completely different then i'll be like yeah sure that's like let's see it yeah, I, I, i'm interested to yeah. like find out about it yeah like i want it to be a bit of like like to stuff where like the headliner will be the person who hopefully will be the main draw and the person who i can be like rely on like regardless of what happens leading up to the end of it mm-hmm. the headliner will be the person who like you know makes it like makes everyone laugh and closes out the show really well yeah. and then i'll just do some like hosting and you know, like, the whole title of it, opening act, Dan Rosen is me pretending to be, like, humble and, like, yeah. get, like, but then also to, like, ride on the coattails of my friends who I know will be a draw and then mm-hmm. throw in, like, like if, like, a couple people are still, like, tr- working stuff out or trying, yeah, like, working their way up kind of thing. Yeah. So yeah. how do you like uh, the whole producing game? Like, is it, like yeah. you, you started it three years ago, but that's also when you started stand-up three years ago? No, so. I started, yeah, like, because I, I started stand-up, I guess, a little before. So maybe I've been doing it a bit more than three years, but, like, yeah. I was fairly new and I had done where I hosted a like fundraiser for a short film I wanted to make Mm -hmm. and so I did that and it went well I was doing improv at the time so I didn't really do any stand-up material Mm -hmm. but then that was a lot of fun I enjoyed hosting and then when I started doing more stand-up I like just wanted like there was like comedy bar I had like someone last minute drop out I'm like oh I'll try my hand at doing a show there Mm -hmm. and then worked at it but it was like one of those things where at first like I didn't really know what I was doing and I was just sort of fumbling around trying different formats Mm -hmm. and then now in the past year this past year I found like I sort of a setup that I really find works best yeah um and so that's so that's been really good and you have, like, no problems, like, selling out your show? Like, do you sell out your show a lot? Or uh, is it kind of like a hit and miss? Like It doesn't sell out, but it, like, we almost always, except for two sports playoff game nights, and maybe I can't just blame them, yeah. but uh, other than that, like, at least I turn a profit and I can still, where I can still pay all my comedians and That's then good. also make some money. Yeah. But it usually has, like, a good amount, like, 30 people or so, which is nice. That's and really good. So, yeah, which is which is fun, and I really like... Um, it's, like, a nice atmosphere where I try to make it that... Not necessarily, like, too, like... It doesn't... Like, comedians don't have to be, like, you know, super clean or whatever, mm-hmm. but it's also, like, a fairly enjoyable thing where the people go there. Like, usually I can guarantee that they'll have a good time and it's not going to be just, like, oh... Someone, mm-hmm. like, someone all of a sudden goes off on a racist rant or something yeah. like that. Like they're it's attacking usually, the audience. Yeah, it's like, it's, stuff, like, it's usually, like, I would be like, yeah, like, you know, this is a fine, you can sit up front and not worry about someone, like, making fun of your, like, how you look or whatever. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Unless you want that, because some friends would be like, oh, like, they're not going to attack me, are you? I'm like, no, 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 it's stupid. It's like, I don't mind if they attack me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, ultimately, it depends on the person. But, like, yeah. I feel like with some people, it's just, like, they'd rather not be attacked. Uh, like, for, yeah. well, I guess for, like, most people. Because then you have, like, the hecklers that I'm like, oh, please attack me. Like, I have something so good. Yeah, to do, right? yeah, yeah. You always have to find, like, when you're a comedian, I guess, like, have that, like, one or two lines that you have just in case someone heckles. And I've been pretty lucky. I've never had any really bad heckles other than maybe sometimes, like, people talking throughout your set. Yeah. But I've got, um, uh, I've, yeah, like, so I've worked on a couple of that. But, like, luckily there's never really been any main heckling at my show which is nice i think usually people just want to be like like sort of sit down and laugh and that's it entertainment yeah which is nice i think the the, i always joke that the worst happening i got was it was my mom's birthday so i was (laughs) gonna be like it was my mom (laughs) it was my mom yeah Uh, and she said like stop it you're wasting your life i told you to go into accounting um no so she'll uh so it was her birthday and so i was talking a lot about her Mm -hmm. and at the end of the show i was saying like you know like shout out to 
uh, you know, Alex in the tech booth, shout out to, you know, everyone on the show who performed for you, and, like, shout out to you guys who made a great audience, and there was this couple who, I'd never seen them before, they just had come to see the show, mm -hmm. and uh, one of them goes, and shout out to your mom, and I was like, what? And he's like, because it's her birthday, and I was like, oh, that's, like, the sweetest your mama comment I've ever heard. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. So that was, yeah. So it's usually pretty good, I find. Yeah. yeah. That's really good. Yeah. Um, where was I going to go with this? I had something so amazing that I was no, going to say. Nice. I had in my head. And oh, then man. I got into the whole mom. Mom stuff, yeah. I guess yeah. Uh, how about heckling <laughs> and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, but yeah. ultimately, like, you, you love performing your, your comedy show. Like, you thought yeah. it was a really good idea. And, like... Has, yeah. it, has it really like benefited you as a as a comedian like being able because you have like yeah. a show that you're doing like at least once a month that you know of yeah and so that's good because it even like there've been months where I've just been like stuff from life comes up and mm -hmm. then all of a sudden I just uh, yeah like I haven't had time to like book gigs or whatever or I only book a few gigs mm -hmm. but then I have that monthly show to look forward to and it is something that I've really enjoyed more and more as I do it like. I, there were times where I was, like, stressed and, like, it felt like a chore, but as yeah. I've done it, I've enjoyed it more. It means I get, like, a regular time to test out new material, mm -hmm. um, and it's been, like, to be honest, like, a good networking gig, because then people who come on my shows, who then maybe have their own shows, yeah. maybe, like, you know, then I end up getting spots on their thing. I mean, that's pretty much what I'm doing. It's bananas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. Like, I've, like, I've gotten shows just from doing this, because yeah. I'm like... I, I reach out to people like, hey, do you want to come on? People are more than welcome to come on because it spotlights that specific person. So this is spotlighting you and it's getting you yeah, out there. I appreciate it. Yeah. Hey, come to opening act Dan Rosen. Yeah, uh, I'll actually be on that show. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. Check out Jeremy in the future. Yeah, for yeah. sure. But yeah, like it is really nice to have that and it's really, um, so it has been nice like that. Mm -hmm. And I do try and make it <clears throat> be kind of just, not just like another gig, but a bit of an event. Yeah. So I always make... Um, chocolate banana bread for like audience for the uh cast or cast for the performers to enjoy the, the, cast. the cast yeah the cast of the night so for people to like sort of have that little snack mm -hmm. i make sure everyone gets paid at least you know somewhat like a small at amount. least if it's like transportation fee because like that's all like if anything yeah. I, that's all i would want because yeah. like shows that even like give me like free beer it's like i would rather take like the six bucks for that beer just right. so I can cover the cost of, like, even just getting to the venue. Because yeah. that's the thing I care about more than actually just drinking a beer that for I sure. get for free. And, like, for me, like, drink tickets, like, I don't drink alcohol. Yeah. So, like, drink tickets means, like, I was, like, like a ginger ale or something like that. And mm -hmm. so I'll be, like, ah, oh, like, I don't need a yeah. drink ticket. So, like, I'd rather. And, like, like after also seeing, like, you know, people who really, like, also hard at me trying to, like, I remember the first time I got paid for doing stand-up. And being pleasantly surprised, not realizing that. It was going to be a paid show, mm -hmm. and then uh, being like, "Well, if I do my own show, I want to like pay people at least something, so that way we can all have like yeah, like everyone can get like a little bit of money." Mm -hmm. um, and it's one of those things where yeah, like sort of to say because I know people have you know like worked really hard on their material or like it's something that they've really been building up to do either like a showcase for. A festival or they're working on an album and something like that and so I want to be able to like be like hey I appreciate your hard work mm -hmm. uh, like here's money like you took your you took the time to come out and so like something that will be like a little bit extra there and then that's good even if like the set goes doesn't go as well they're like well at least they got like a delicious chocolate banana treat yeah they got a, they're getting something out of it <laughs> yeah, at least yeah. have you ever considered like doing more than one uh, once a month I've tried a couple of times and 
maybe down the road I'd go back to it again, but mm -hmm. I find one, like, it's a lot to produce at the same time, and it's hard also if you're doing the second... I find I've been really lucky with Comedy Bar because they do such a good job of, especially, the, and they've gotten better and better, but with producing and promoting the shows at their venue, so, yeah. like, they will, like, you know, put out some, like, tweet like tweets about a show. Mm -hmm. They, you know post your posters on their website and stuff like that. Yeah. So they make it easy for people to find your show and find tickets to it. So yeah. when I try like certain other venues that aren't as good, like, I mean, down the line, ideally I'd just be only like producing shows and performing on other people's shows mm -hmm. and maybe also have, uh, yeah, like, or like, you know, if I could one day have, you know, a show at Absolute or Yucks or whatever, yeah. that'd be awesome. But mm -hmm. like that's still... For now, I'm just, like, holding on to the one monthly show. But, yeah, yeah I'd love to do more. Yeah. So what's, the, like, the process of, like, producing, like, a show from, like, before the show starts to, like, when the show's actually starting? Like, how like how do you yeah. do, like, hold that whole process? So, Especially, yeah. like, with even booking and, like, who do you who do you yeah. find? Like, how do you pick yeah. your, your, your people? Well, I, t I try and do, like, a mix of different stuff. So, like, sometimes, <clears throat> um, like, I want to get, like, a mix of different perspectives. So it's not just, you know, like for like 20 year old dudes talking about their dicks or something like yeah. that uh but i so i try and find like people who have different styles <clears throat> um and then uh so i look for that mm -hmm. and then try to so sort of mix and match so sometimes it'll be pe like two people has to be like be like oh like do you have spots on october and i will have two spots open but really like if they're both very similar then i'll take one of them and then the other one i'll save for you know like the next month or something like that so I try and find, like, a good mix of people, mm -hmm. and usually people who I've seen on stage or, you know, I've talked to them, and I'll be like, hey, like, that person's made me laugh. Yeah. So, like, I'll put them on stage. Um, and then uh, once I have, yeah, you know, like, the order booked, yeah. then <clears throat> try and show up, like, 30, 45 minutes ahead of time, mostly just so I have time to relax at Comedy Bar mm -hmm. before going up, you know, like, check on, like, what the ticket sales are. If there's, sometimes people have tech, especially if there's sketch or improv or something like that. Mm -hmm. So then I check in with uh, the uh, tech person for that night just to be like, hey, here's, you know, what this person's cues are. And then give them, yeah, like sort of the lineup. And yeah, and then that way I can just sort of like hang out and chat a bit with the comics before going on stage. Go over what I want to talk about for my opening bit. And then I also do improv. Usually I do improv with my uh, comedy partner who I do like sketch and improv with, yeah. Josh Tibbetts. And so uh, we'll also like, yeah, like we'll chat and like get sort of ready for what we want to do on stage. Um, and then once, like I often will get nervous going up before the show starts. And then once I'm on stage and once we've like done the beginning bit, then I like just relax and just really get into it. And yeah. Does that happen like every single time? It's just like you get really nervous before. And then like the first, yeah, like the first, like, yeah, I was going to say the first like couple yeah. bit like bits and then it's just like, okay, now yeah. I can get into it now more, much more relaxed. Especially sometimes I'll show up and you know, there's only like a few tickets sold and I don't see anyone at Comedy Bar. I'm like, oh shit, this might be like a quiet night. Mm -hmm. And then like they open the doors and I'll hear like people talking there. I'm like, all right, I'm hearing like enough chatter that there's enough people who I can, like, you know, like, who can, like, you know, make out an audience. And mm -hmm. sometimes it's just, like, 15, 20 people come in, like, two minutes before the show starts. Yeah, and they're just like, yeah. eh, let's quickly go to the show. Like, yeah. we got something to do. <clears throat> and that's the thing. Like, Comedy Bar is great in that they'll say, like, they'll, like, advertise, and there'll be people who are, like, 
the show was called Opening Act Dan Rosen, and I'll like ask the audience, like, do you know my name or who I am? They're like, no. I'll be like, what brought you? Do you know the headline? And they're like, no. I'm like, what brought you to the show? It's like, we were looking for something to like, something to laugh at at like eight you o'clock up, at so. Wednesday, and you were here. I was like, sweet. Well, thanks for coming, and like, hopefully, yeah, you have a fun time, like that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So there's that. And I'm trying to start to build like an email list as well. Yeah. So that way, I can like people who've come to the show and be like, hey, like, get on our email list, and we'll, um, yeah, like let you know about further shows because. The shows that have email lists are the ones that tend to sell more tickets because they'll be like, oh, hey, just so you know, the show's coming up. But how many people actually, like, respond to those emails or even, like, read them? I don't know know about you, but it's just, like, whenever I'm, like, whenever I just, like, randomly get signed up for, like, one of those email lists, I'm kind of, like, delete, 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 delete. From what I've heard, it's, like, when they have, like, it's not necessarily the first time, but sometimes it's, like, this, like, it takes, like, someone seven times to see something. Mm -hmm. So if they get the email... And if you email, like, a couple of times, for example. Yeah. Uh, and then on top of that, if they also get um, a... Uh, and then they see the show posted on Facebook and Twitter, Instagram, or whatever. Yeah. After they see something seven times, which might be over the course of a few months. So it might be, like, you get someone on your email list and they don't come back until, like, four or five months later. Yeah. And it's true. I also, like, I'm definitely guilty of that, too. Mm-hmm. But I think sometimes it's just... Uh, like, it's almost like playing the long game. I don't know the exact numbers, but yeah. it is, like, the people who have email lists apparently do have more people showing up to their shows. Okay, so what if you were, like, to put out a lot more, like, say, content based around that whole show? Like, making posts, like, every day on, like, Twitter. Make, yeah. Let's say, like, you're doing the 20 posts about, like, your opening act. And then yeah. you do, like, maybe 10 on Instagram. And then you do, like, 10 on Facebook. And that way you're at least getting more just, like, every day. Yeah, Cause, for sure. Because I've been watching, like, a lot of Gary Vee. And, like, one yeah. thing that he's been, like, mentioning is just, like, you have to make more noise. So yeah, the best way to make more noise is to constantly like put out a lot of posts, put out a lot yeah. of posts. So as like maybe as a like, stand up comedian, if you're putting out sure. a lot, because like that, I'm pretty yeah. sure that's the reason why I've got some gigs is because I'm like trying to put out a lot more content For right sure. now. That's why I'm trying to do like a lot more Twitter. That's why I'm like screenshotting my Twitter, putting it on like Instagram and like also on Facebook too. Absolutely. That's why I'm just trying to throw it everywhere. That way, it's just like it looks like I'm doing a lot more, but really it's just like I'm kind of like spreading out my posts, going everywhere. Because I know, I know that other people that have me on like Facebook also have me on Instagram. So there are at least the, the the chances of them seeing me do all of this other stuff is like higher because yeah. it's in like it's not on just one location. For it's sure. It's just multiple. So that's why I think like not only the, the email doing like you doing the email. Do like Facebook like um, posts or like Facebook advertising like Instagram ads like um, TikTok is like a huge one. Yeah, I it's need like, to get on TikTok. Yeah. I haven't. I haven't. I've been telling everybody. I've been telling everybody yeah, to get on okay, TikTok. I got right it. Now. First thing after this is done, I'm gonna go and finally download yeah. TikTok. Because like what, like another thing that Gary Vee like talks about is just like just like we'll go through TikTok, just like scroll through like and for like a good five hours to understand like what it is all about. Yeah. And just like whenever you come up with an idea, just fucking like film it and then throw it right on. Uh, yeah, TikTok. which is a good call. And like, that's another thing is like giving people, like if you give people content online, mm-hmm. <clears throat> that also helps. Vong show, yeah. who produces a bunch of really good shows around Toronto. Oh, yeah. And he produces like a show that like called Rice at um, the Rivoli that I think mm-hmm. regularly sells out. Oh yeah. Like, and I'm pretty sure he sells out like most of his shows. Yeah. Which is insane. And he, one thing though he does really well is he kind of invested in getting this guy to do little, like, these little, like, comic strips, yes, like, yeah. one photo things yeah, of his, those. yeah, like, and so that's the thing, it's like, we've all seen them, mm-hmm. and, like, they'll show up constantly on Facebook and Instagram, and so people will be like, 
oh, like, I got that free joke. Let's go see a show to get, see, like, the rest of the material. Mm-hmm. Or, like, you know, he'll post out these little, like, 30-second clips on his uh, Instagram and Facebook and stuff like that and mm-hmm. Twitter. And so that gets people out there. And so I started doing, like, a couple of things. Like, I'd post, I have, like, an image of me with a mic. And then, like, I'd post maybe, like, a quote from a set. Mm-hmm. I'll try and post little, like, clips from sets. And then on top of that, um, I because I have Crohn's disease, uh, I do, like, these bathroom reviews. Okay. So, like, I'll find, like, every now and then I'll, like, post on... And usually it's, like, five-star bathrooms. I don't want to, like, put down people for bathrooms uh, <laughs> for their bathrooms. Like, because also, like, if I go... Like if a, I'm, like, a bathroom review. Yeah. <laughs> like, if I'm rushing into, like, a, like, roadside gas station, like, I know it's not going to be, like, a Hilton bathroom. Yeah. But, like, trying to... Yeah, like, just trying to, like, get, like, content out there. And so then people, like, so, like, it'll be, like, hey, like, this little bit thing here. Yeah. And there. And, like, I've gotten... That, I think, has helped a bit because then I've gotten more people who have, like, bowel disease issues come out to my shows, which mm-hmm. is nice. Um, it's funny how, like, having an incurable bowel disease has started to become, like, my best networking tool. Yeah. In a weird <laughs> way. But, like, it's, <clears throat> it's how now I've been able to, like, get, yeah, like, sort of... Yeah, like, get more focus on me, and it's, yeah, something that I've been doing a lot more of. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, I remember you were, um, you were mentioning that you wanted to start, like, a, uh, like, your own kind of, like, comedy show where it's based around people that have, like, um... Yeah, like, uh, disabilities and sickness. Yeah. yeah, so I'm working on that as well. Yeah, like, are you planning on doing that, like, the comedy bar, or, like, are you finding, like, a new... Well, I think because, unfortunately, Comedy Bar, because it, it has all those steps, yeah, it's, not say, it's not as accessible. as accessible. So we'll see. So maybe I was, yeah, because I was talking to Desiree mm-hmm. about um, maybe like, yeah, like Underground 420 or yeah. one of those other venues that are really good for that kind of mm-hmm. uh, thing. Um, so I'm going to, hopefully I'll get it. <clears throat> yeah, like I'll get that coming out. Because that's, I think, a good one. That's something that I, I would like really, really enjoy. That's a really cool idea. And like, I think it's nice to like, yeah, like, it's nice to have a show where then people who have, yeah, like, either, like, disabilities or sicknesses can come out. Because even, like, some of my favorite comedians, mm-hmm. pardon me, like, Mike Birbiglia, my favorite comedian, like, he has this life-threatening sleepwalking disorder, and he talks about that, and, like, in his latest special, he talks about his other illnesses that he has, and, like, that's stuff that I find both very relatable and very funny. Mm-hmm. Like, it is something, like, one, is like, this is so you can relate to it, but also, like, even if you don't relate to it, like... I have a, like, incurable, painful disease that's only fart and poop related. So it is, like, <laughs> intrinsically funny. Yeah. Like, it's, like, the whoopee cushion of, like, chronic illness. Mm-hmm. And so... And I plus, if you, do, if you do this idea, I think it's actually a really good idea for doing it. Not only for, like, the fact that it gets, like, people that have, like, diseases or, like, sicknesses to come out. But yeah. it also, like, if people don't know about, like, said maybe, like, one of the diseases right. or something, they come out. And then they have a comedian talk about it in a very funny way. They're like oh, I just gained a little bit of knowledge about this disease yeah. I've probably never even heard about. For sure. I think so. Like, as I do, uh, I don't know if I've told you about this before, but I did this little, like, a mini fringe tour where I went to a few different uh, Canadian cities to perform a show called Game of Crohn's. Yeah. So that's me, yeah, like, sort of talking about Crohn's disease. And that is more storytelling, but it is comedy for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, but that, like, I'll either have people who come up and who will be like, oh, hey, like, I have that too. But then also there'll be people who'll be like, oh, I really learned something. And like in a fun way where I didn't feel like I was being lectured. And so that's uh, nice too. And I enjoy that. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like, yeah, yeah, with comedy, when you're like trying to teach people something, and I think that's why people love comedy so much because 
you're trying to get your point across, but in a very funny way. And you, when you do it in a funny way, yeah. people are more inclined to like take that information in. Whereas it's yeah. like, you just have a like a boring straight end conversation. Like that's why people want with TEDx talks. They're trying to be a little bit funny in their TEDx yeah, talk. Yeah, for and sure. that's why I think Jose, uh, Jose, yeah. Martin, he does like such fantastic work because he's not only like does a TED talks, but he's also a comedian behind the TED talks. Yeah. So he has like a much better way of like connecting with the audience and getting them to be like, Hey, understand the message that I'm actually setting out to you. For sure. Actually, like, uh, I watched not too long ago, Taika Waititi had a really great, uh, TED talk from years ago. And it's just about like, uh, like the pursuit of creativity. And so he was just talking about like, and th- what was really great about that, because that was before he was famous. He'd only made one movie. Mm-hmm. So he was still, like, very much, like, an indie, like, up-and-coming filmmaker. And he was talking about, like, you know, this isn't, like, I don't really don't think this should be the, you know, money should fu- should be the point of this and so on. And, like, he, re- like, it was kind of thing where when I was listening to him, I'm like, oh, that's very true. Like, or really getting along with it. Because he's also hilarious. He's just, like, jokes throughout. Mm-hmm. Like, it's just, like, a very... Like, a, like, it's almost like a stand-up set, but, like, with, like, an actual, like, with a really, like, serious important point about, like, how to live your life and, like, you know, how to, like, live in a positive way. And uh, so that, I think, is really cool to see. And mm-hmm. so I think that is where, yeah, like, comedy, when I think of my favorite Netflix specials or my favorite comedians or even, like, the best sets that I've seen at on uh, shows, like, whether they're talking about, like, you know, an illness or even, like, Pat Thornton has this amazing like, five, six minutes just on, like, chain and, like, junk emails. Mm-hmm. And it's so funny. And then at the end, I'm like, yeah, that's really true, Pat. You know, I hadn't thought of it like that. Yeah. Um, and it's, yeah, like, super clever and funny. And then, like, it makes you think, like, huh. And I think that's, yeah. So that, I think, is really great. And ideally, I'd eventually be doing that all the time. Yeah. So what do you think about, like, all of these new Netflix specials that are coming out? Because there have been, like, I, I don't know why, but I've just seen, like, so many are just like, oh, there's a new one. Well, like, like yeah. a new row of like new specials that are on Netflix. I'm like, where did these even come from anyway? For and, sure. Like, I've never even heard of like any of these people. Yeah. They just randomly popped up on Netflix. I'm like, yeah. Okay. For sure. And it's funny because I actually, for work, uh, sometimes they rent me a vehicle and the latest vehicle I've had is, um, it has Sirius XM. Mm-hmm. And so I've been listening to like the Netflix is a joke radio and they'll, sometimes they have just like clips from those shows and sometimes There'll be, uh, like, talk shows with comedians who then are, like, talking about how they got on those shows. And so sometimes it's just, like, stuff that, like, they were, you know, like, touring around clubs and so on. Mm-hmm. And then Netflix is like, yeah, sure, I'll give it to you. And, like, the, obviously, like, you know, the really big people, like, they get paid, like, $10, 20000000 million for their Netflix special. And then some of those people, like, they might just get, like, you know, two hundred, fifty, five hundred thousand or something like that for yeah. their... Netflix special, but it is... Fuck, I would be yeah. fine with that. <laughs> I mean, I'd be like, if someone said, like, I know people who've gotten... You'd like, be $10,000 like, on doing yeah, Netflix special like, for you. People who, like, do, like, Crave Net- like crave comedy specials that are, like, half an hour or so mm. for, like, you know, like, 20, 30 grand. I'm like, that sounds amazing. Yeah, like, I Because, like, one, like, once you, like, get on there, that's publicity, because then you can say, like, oh, I have this Netflix thing. Yeah. And then, two, like, that's... Like, that's still good money. Like, yeah. I get... Ex- like, I've been excited for, I think, like... If I get, like, you know, like, more than, like, 25 bucks for a gig, I'm like, oh, this was, like, a good gig. Yeah. Uh, and sometimes, like, if, and it's starting to get more paid gigs recently, but, mm-hmm. like, uh, like, ones that, you know, are more than just, like, a couple of drink tickets. Yeah. Uh, which is sweet, <laughs> which is sweet. So, like, it's, 
Yeah, but it's just kind of, um, it's interesting to see how it, uh, yeah, I guess, like, just how it all happens. I'd say, so, like, I mean, at the end of the day, I think it's good, because whatever, like, it's not increasing the cost of my Netflix. Yeah. So, I'll, like, and the more voices out there, the more to be like, oh, you know, like, I didn't, like, I'll see the ones that I know I'm going to like, like, I, when I was waiting so long for, like, Mike Birbiglia's latest one, so I was really excited for that, mm-hmm. but then there'll be, like, other ones that are like, check it out, I'll be like, oh, you know, like, I've never watched Ari Shafir perform, or yeah. I've never I watched... I watched the Ari Shafir one. Yeah. That was really I, interesting. I saw one. the first one, the children one, yeah. from Double Negative, and I haven't mm-hmm. watched the adulthood one. Yeah. yeah. But the, I like the child one, and then... You know, like, we're saying that you like the child one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I like the, the special about childhood. Uh, but yeah, like, but that, like, that one, I, uh, yeah, so that one I thought was fun. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there'll be other ones that I, like, I'm hoping to look at, like, I know, like, it's cool because then there'll be things like Tiffany Haddish has her They Ready, which is yes, like special. That was like, a really good one. If you guys oh, haven't nice. seen They Ready, oh, watch nice. that one. Was, all of them are fantastic. Yeah, so something like that's really good. Mm-hmm. There's also, I forget who it was, but I think there was Amy Schumer had one kind of like that, not like a year or two ago. Oh, yeah. Where it had, it was like a four or five, it was like Women Who Kill or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, there were four or five specials. And one of them was this woman. Marina, I think it's Marina or Miranda Franklin, uh, who has, oh fuck, I should know her name better, yeah. uh, because I really liked it, but, like, she was someone who then, like, I heard her on the Inside Conan podcast, mm-hmm. and she was talking about, um, and so, like, how she would, like, you know, be, like, had been, like, gigging around the city and trying to get booked on, like, you know, getting booked at the Comedy Cellar and building up to that, and so I'd seen, like, you know, five-minute clips of her on talk shows, but then to see like her doing a fuller, longer set mm-hmm. was really cool, and hers was really good. So yeah, like and so things like that are like they ready. I'll definitely check out mm-hmm. because then you can see like comedians who, uh, you know, aren't the really big popular ones, but ones who can then kind of start making a name for themselves. Uh, my favorite Canadian comedian I think right now is Deanne Smith, and yes. they have the show D- Gentleman Elf on. The, like Netflix uh, of the world comedians of the world mm-hmm. and that one I really liked because that one it's not exactly a storytelling one but it really has this like half an hour arc to it mm-hmm. where it feels like <clears throat> like everything's sort of leading up and building up to something and it has a really great conclusion where they're reading this letter and uh, you know Deanne has a really great wit mm-hmm. and so that I thought was really cool to see and also just as like to see Canadian comedians who I've worked with like I was very lucky I had to beg Deanne for like eight months till like they finally had a spot like you know where they could do one of my things like where like Deanne would be saying like sorry I'm booked or like out of town because they tour all the time Uh, but like being able to be like oh this person who I've like you know met in person and I've performed with I mean due to my own strings but like who I've like who I can say like I've opened for Deanne Smith who's been on Netflix uh, like, so to be able to see that is really cool. And so I think it is good. And like Kay Trevor Wilson and Dave Merhage and, uh, Ivan Decker and, uh, I forget who the fifth one is, but like all those comedian, like the Canadian ones, they're all really good specials. And so it is really cool to see, um, yeah, just to see Canadian comics. Uh, yeah. Like, so that big and like other comics who, you know, normally wouldn't be getting those big, like 10 million, 20 million dollar deals, mm-hmm. but still getting to see them on there and be like oh this is really good too like i could even because even like that like i mean it's so hard 
Like, it's so few and far between to get to a point where you're, like, you know, like, a multi-million dollar comic. I'd settle for just, like, having, like, you know, comfortable living. Yeah, if I could, be, live, if I could live, live off of, like, comedy, I would, yeah. that's ideally what I would want to do, just so that I can put more effort into doing comedy to advance that. For what sure. Part of living off of. <clears throat> so it's just getting that livable, like, wage first. And yeah. Then, and then advancing it from there. For sure, yeah. And, like, one of my next steps is, uh, like, trying to get an agent... So that I can, like, even just, like, go for commercials and stuff like that. Because then, like, mm-hmm. if I can, like, every few months get booked for a commercial, that's, like, a thousand bucks there. And then yeah. I did, like, a voiceover demo reel. So then that way I can also put that out to an agents as well and just be like, hey, like, if... Because then, like, if you can get voiceover work as well, like, that's great. Just, like, whatever little bits here and there to yeah. add up to things. Yeah, that's pretty much, like, what, I, what I'm trying to do. Like, I started off of doing, like, acting, but then I... I'm trying to transition back into like doing comedy. I originally yeah. wanted to do comedy. Oh, that's yeah. So um, that's what I wanted to do at first. This was like back in like 2013. So I could have had like so many years of comedy under my belt. Right. But I was yeah. like, let's do an acting, like, yeah. cause that's what I. Yeah. That's one of the things that I really wanted to do. Oh, cool. So I started doing that. I got into like Niagara College, did a whole bunch of like short films, moved oh, into nice. Toronto, thinking I was going to be like the next best, yeah. like next best thing. Yeah. But little did I know that there was like a whole bunch of other white people that looked exactly like me. Yeah. So whenever yeah. I was on auditions, I would sure. have, I'd be like, "What the fuck? Like, am I, did I get cloned or something? Like, yeah. Why does everybody fucking <laughs> yeah. look like me?" For sure. And like, oh, you you're Jewish as well? Or? I'm not Jewish. Oh, not so. Jewish. Okay, fair. Yeah. Um, I thought Jeremy Fisher. Fisher. No, it's uh, just uh, it's I mean, a name that I I made up. It used to be Fisherberg. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, nice. No. But I was going to say, because... Yeah, Fisher's not my, not my oh, okay. name that I, that I texted you. That's my real yeah, name. Yeah, I see. I see. Because I was going to say, like, it's funny, because, um, uh, like, even, like, being, like, my last name being Rosen, very Jewish name, and mm-hmm. being Jewish, though, but, like, in stand-up comedy, that's, like, the one thing where, like, like even if you're, like, like, it'd be like, oh, I am technically part of a minority, but, like... <laughs> Like, like just Jewish, like, in stand-up comedy, that's not really a minority. I mean, they're, like, most prevalent in yeah, fucking yeah, yeah, comedy yeah, yeah, anyway. For sure, yeah. Like, honestly, like, I wish I was yeah. a little bit Jewish. Yeah. Right now, uh, just because I'm, like, for, right not only are they good with money, but they're good with their jokes, too. They know yeah. how to, like, fucking write Yeah, jokes. there you go. Well, it's, it's all, like a, all the oppression. Yeah, right, that's <laughs> yeah. it. It's just, like, whenever you see people yeah. talking about, like, fucking yeah. the Holocaust or... Exactly, yeah. Or, like, that's how we got through it. Um... Yeah, it's funny though because it's just like everybody just laughs about it, and it's just like you talk about other things just so that other people can get through, like their yeah. their kind of thing, and they're like, oh, you can't talk about that. Yeah. It's just like why I'm going through this kind of like, sure. time too. I think like because I think you can talk about anything. It just depends on how you talk about it. Because mm-hmm. I know like there'll be people who like there are certain bits where there'll be comedians who talk about things, like if you're like if way like where it, like it sounds malicious and they're like really punching like where you're really punching down on someone whereas there's other ways like uh you can um yeah like where you can really yeah like i think where you can like talk about something if you put it in like either like a certain context or if you're mm-hmm. being at least clever and thoughtful like about it too you gotta be like yeah super important about the delivery it's absolutely because also yeah like a joke written down won't necessarily be funny or insightful mm-hmm. than the way it is said in person in the context of that show and even like i remember seeing a comedian who there were a bunch of uh like you know patrons who were in wheelchairs and they're trying to get to their like spot at the front Mm -hmm. and um there was like uh, yeah like sort of like where there was like a wheelchair section or whatever but something had been put there that was blocking there and they were like struggling and it was in the middle of this comic set and he said 
look, can someone please get these people some fucking seats to sit down in? And, like, you know, like, it could be awkward, yeah. but those patrons, they laughed, they enjoyed it, and they actually felt, even though it was, like, sort of like a joke about them being disabled, mm-hmm. it actually, they actually felt included in the show. Yeah, because, like, I mean, like, with one of those things, like, you have to, like, at least point it out. And yeah. I think it's, like, the job of, like, the comedian that's, like, uh, that's on yeah. stage at that time to be, like, if there's something that's, like, kind of a little bit disruptive, like, you can, you know, like, you know that people know about it. It's yeah. just, like, the best thing you can do is just, like, talk about it. Yeah. Then, and, like, try to create, like, a clever joke. And I think that'll, like, really land. And yeah. it lands a lot better because it's, like, one of those things where it's, like, in the moment, it's, like, there's no way he wrote this because it, yeah, it literally sure. just happened. Yeah, for sure. And, like, I mean, because of, like, my bowel disease, I definitely have, like, a gas problem. I make jokes about, like, uh fighting you know like fighting in front of you know like with my wife and stuff like that mm-hmm. and like that's how we bond um <laughs> and there are times where like yeah like you know hosts or whoever performs after me will always make a joke about that and i like even though it's a joke making fun of me and my condition mm-hmm. i enjoy that because it's like one like it's something that's already been acknowledged and two like it is something that it, like i do feel like oh i'm being like included in the act or whatever and that sort of thing and like even like ian fergus on that show that we were doing yeah, yeah. Ray made a joke about like having a wife uh, being worse than Crohn's disease after I'd done my set about having Crohn's disease and having a wife. Mm-hmm. Um, and like that, I thought like one, it was really clever and it was really funny. And like, I, like it's that kind of thing where I think you just have to think about the right way to approach each topic. Mm-hmm. And I think that's where, and also Hassan Minaj, I saw him in an interview where he said, uh, he really believes in freedom of speech, but just not freedom of consequence. So if you are going to, like, you know, cross that line or approach that project, that, like, you know, touchy subject, mm-hmm. you have to then be able to, like, be ready to deal, deal with, with yeah, whatever how happens. that gets reacted to. Because, I mean, like, Dave Chappelle is a good example of that. For sure. Because of what happened with his, uh, with yeah. his stick, the sticks and stones. The sticks and, sticks stones, and stones, yeah, yeah. for yeah. sure. And to be honest, like... But even still, like, yeah. his last... His past like three have been like talking about kind of like the same kind of stuff yeah and are people really surprised when he comes up with another one where he's talking about these kind of for issues sure. and i guess he's building up to it there's some of his jokes that like to be honest there's some of the jokes that like i was like ah, uh, like i didn't like that or i didn't think that really mm-hmm. was like you know that felt more tactless and some things where i'm like you know yeah she is being like a bit like clever and insightful i mean even when he talks about like you know arguing about like racism and oppression and mm-hmm. uh like one joke that I think is really great on not his latest one, but one of his earlier ones mm-hmm. where he talks about uh, talking to like, Jew- he's like, you can't talk oppression with Jewish people because they all, like it inevitably goes to, yeah, but like in Egypt, he's like, damn, we're going all the way back to Egypt. And like, <laughs> that's uh, like, so well, like, it's funny. like, I think that is like funny and like, it's correct. True. Because like at the end of the day, like it's like, with like Jewish, like if you are talking about stuff with Jewish people or even stuff like, um, the one kind of, like, stereotype, I was talking to a friend of mine, that will never get old, and I'll never be offended by anyone, even if they're not Jewish, is doing the voice of a Jewish mother. Because that, <laughs> like, is always going to be funny. Like, a Jewish yeah. mother complaining about, you know, the bagels, or not, no one calling her anymore. Yeah. It's always funny. Mm-hmm. Like, it's just, like, will always be, I think, like, a universal... And it's one of those things that, like, if you do that voice... Even if you don't say this is a Jewish mother, everyone knows. That's like, oh, like you never call anymore. And one of these bagels, you didn't get them at Kiva's. Like, <laughs> they'll know that that's like, oh, you're doing a Jewish mother right yeah. now. Yeah. That's awesome. All right. Let's get into, like, some of the other topics that we sure. can talk about. Yeah, we sure. We talk about a lot, of, a lot about comedy. Uh, so I just 
Let's talk about some movies. You work in the entertainment industry, so yeah, 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 we'll talk a little bit about that. Are you excited for any of the new movies that are coming up? Uh, The trailer for Wonder Woman just uh, got released. I have not watched it. Oh, I haven't seen that yet, but I, I mean, like, I know, like, a lot of people, like, like, I don't know if it's like to sound woke or whatever, but they <laughs> liked the first Wonder Woman. I, I, I really enjoyed it. I first. genuinely really enjoyed Wonder Woman. Uh, out of like all the DC movies, like Wonder Woman yeah. was the one that actually like hit it. And I think part of the reason is, and it was Patty Jenkins was talking about how when she was working with a screenwriter and uh, other people and like, you know, the cinematographer and with Gal Gadot, mm-hmm. she said the most important thing is like at the end of the day, the movie's about love and it is about something positive. And the thing about, like, Man of Steel that, like, and, I mean, I didn't even bother seeing Batman versus Superman, but also, (laughs) before I got to see it, uh, Josh Tibbetts, uh, who I do Flex in a Box comedy with, Mm -hmm. he and I were on a road trip to the Hartford Improv Festival, and it's about an eight or nine hour drive, and I think one and a half hours was him driving while yelling at the windshield about how much he fucking hated Batman versus Superman, and he'd be like, like, we'd be like, sign for a minute, he's like, and another thing, he'd start pounding the studio, it's like, that, like, fight in the bathroom, like, and all this stuff, and so on, but, like, it's also, like, the other, like, the other ones I find, like, they were just more, like, it was just, like, this dark, bitter, gritty thing, whereas Wonder Woman, like, it had, like, like, there's, like, really great moving scenes, and it Mm -hmm. it isn't afraid to kind of, like, put its heart on its sleeve, like, there's that great bunker scene where then, like, everyone's hiding. They don't know what to do. And just Wonder Woman's like, fuck it. And she, like, just gets out. And, like, yeah. that, I was like, oh, like, I was really, like, emotionally, like, into that scene. Yeah. In addition just like to anything. Being, just because, like, it was just one of those scenes where it's just like, I'm not going to stand around and not do anything. Like, I have, yeah. I have to do something. Because ultimately, yeah. like, when we look at situations that we come in, like, the real world, you're like, I don't want to be the person that just, like does nothing and just like stands there. It's just like, I want to be the person that actually like stands up for the person getting attacked. And that actually happened. Um, yeah. It was uh, that, like sort of like a uh, situation like that where um, this person was being racist against somebody else speaking like a different language on the TTC streetcar. Right, yeah. Yeah, 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 so, yeah, was, yeah. So that actually happened. And like as soon as she was being racist against the person speaking another language, the entire streetcar like teamed up yeah. against the person that was attacking her. Nice. Just because it's just like one of those things like nobody wants to be the victim of a, like an attack. Yeah. But, like, it's like that I am Spartacus moment yeah, where yeah. everyone you can use that. Yeah, right. But like, yeah, but like, where like everyone, but you know, like it is like that. No, yeah, it's like a fucking woman. Sparta kicker right Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Whereas like, you know, like some, some Wonder Woman type person stands up and is like, hey, stop being an asshole or yeah. like, you know, stop being a shitty person. And yeah, like, and that's the thing where like, you know, those movies, like, you know, whatever, like at the end of the day, I know... Like, you know, Wonder Woman, it's, they make that movie for the sake of making money. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, like, if you're doing that, it doesn't mean that it can't also inspire. Yeah, it can have, like, a good message behind it. Like, there are definitely, yeah. like, some movies that, yeah, they put a lot of money and in, in actors and everything into it. Yeah. But they also have, like, a really good message that they want to put behind it. Because if you're putting that in front of, like, hundreds yeah. of millions of people, it's just like, why not put a good message behind sure. it, too? One of the reasons why Stan Lee created Daredevil mm-hmm. was because I was reading an interview where he was saying how he realized they didn't have any superheroes who had disabilities. Mm-hmm. And he wanted to do, like, what if there was a superhero who had to overcome, like, a really big disability? And, like, I mean, he has... I mean, that's this, the biggest one. Like, you can't sure. fucking see anything. You can't see anything. And, like, you know, like, he has sort of these heightened senses. Mm-hmm. So he does kind of have a superpower. But at the same time... Like, he's not super strong. He can't fly or do any of that stuff. He's just, like, very aware and super keen and all that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. And that, like, is really cool to see. And so I think at the same, like, at the end of the day, like, you know, 
I love the indie films. I saw, speaking of Taika Waititi, I saw Jojo Rabbit, which yeah. if you haven't seen. I, I don't think like, I've seen. Super funny. It's very, like, uh, like I mean, there's definitely some dark jokes because, like, mm. the opening scene is about two kids excited to go to Hitler Youth Camp. <laughs> but it's a movie about, uh, like, uh, you know, two people, like a Jewish person and a, like, you know, Hitler fanatic mm-hmm. learning to, like, see eye to eye and then learning, like, one person learning, like, how intolerance is actually hurting the world and how to like, you know, be, yeah, like, you know, more of a like supportive person and how they come together. And it's probably like the best message I've seen out of any like World War Two or like, you know, Holocaust movie in a long, long yeah, time. Yeah, because usually they're just like, let's just kill Hitler. Yeah. That's really or like, it's like that or it's like a really like, or it's really sad, you know, and like, and not that those movies aren't also important too, because mm-hmm. it's like this horrible, horrific thing that happened. Yeah. But I just thought it was really great to see a movie uh, like, you know, use, again, like, using the humor to disarm you, and then you realize, like, oh, right, there's a really sweet, thoughtful message. Yeah. Yeah. It's nice when they have, like, different, like, views of, like, of, like, major events, because, like, even, like, uh, the Japanese side of, like, the whole World War II. Yeah. Was, like, wasn't it, like, the letters to Iwo Jima? Yeah, letters to Iwo Jima. So they had, like, the American, like, point of view from, like, them, Storm yeah. Average, and then they also had, like, another movie where it was, like, the Japanese point yeah. of view, where it was, like, I like when you're doing that, because, like, it, it you should have two sides. Like, you shouldn't just base it off of, like, one side of whatever happened. Like, you yeah. should see the other side and then make a judgment based off of, like, what you believe, obviously, is good. But, like, also, like, what society, does, uh, like, deems as, like, normal. Yeah, for sure. And so I think that was really cool to see. Um, so I am, like, yeah. And, and I'm, so I'm definitely looking forward to the Wonder Woman one. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, I'm looking forward to the Black Widow one. Because she, she was a character who, at first, I wasn't as interested in. But the new trailer looks cool. Like, this mm-hmm. sort of like sort of spy thriller which is kind of neat back in uh, Russia but, but did they go to Budapest? yeah I that's what I know because like, I know Jeremy Renner's in it so I was okay. like I'm sure if they'll they do Budapest. not fucking go to Budapest yeah, in this sure. fucking movie then I would never so see bad. another Marvel movie again because I mean like what 10 movies of like Scarlett Johansson they're like oh that shit back in Budapest yeah like, Jeremy Renner oh that stuff back in Budapest what yeah. the fuck happened in Budapest? Yeah. You guys are just mentioning Budapest and not going any information about it. For sure. And especially after, like, uh, in Endgame, that they have that really emotional moment mm-hmm. uh, together. So it would be really cool to see how that plays. I mean, that's also, like, you talk about, like, Marvel, like, you know, taking over all the money in, like, uh, the box office. But, mm-hmm. man, they've just done such a good job of it because they tie things in really well. And, like, Endgame, like, the last half hour of Endgame, I was saying it was almost like a really great uh, Netflix special in that like they have all these things that they tie into like earlier in the movie mm-hmm. or earlier in the first Avengers movie or also like earlier in like you know all of the other Avengers movies leading up to it. Mm-hmm. So it had this really like all these great callbacks where everyone gets like you know a nice because it's like a continuous like storyline and that's what I like yeah. about the whole. That's what I love about what Marvel's doing right now. Like. Yeah like different phases but like they're tying in their phases like even some of their tv shows like they actually do tie into like the movies as well yeah and uh agents of shield they had sam jackson like show in because agent colson was still alive spoiler alerts if you haven't seen agents of shield no well they do like six seasons yeah i think in the first episode they they have like that was how they advertise it be like oh like hey like i show like that was like the like secret thing it turns out he's alive Yeah. yeah and apparently they did that just because Clark Gregg, that actor, was just so much fun to work with. Mm-hmm. Everyone loved him. He's, like, a well, probably he, the he nicest a great guy. guy. Yeah, he was a great guy. Like, yeah. he, he just seemed like a fantastic guy. And, like, him being, like, Agent Coulson, too, was just yeah. fantastic. Like, he did a, re- a really great job since, like, Iron Man. Yeah. That's when he was started doing that. That's right, yeah. Where he just had, like, a small role and just got bigger and bigger. So, yeah. 
Yeah. It's funny, I was actually just watching Justice League, and I'm like, this is exactly like Endgame, because it's just like a bunch of, like, a bad guy trying to collect a bunch of items and then use them right. fucking to destroy the entire world yeah, until yeah. a bunch of heroes just end up stopping them from doing it. That's literally the storyline yeah. for both of those movies, and they're the exact same thing. That's so funny. Yeah, like, they just kind of, like, DC came in and be like, all right, we're going to do the same thing. Yeah. yeah. The only thing I didn't like about Justice League is, like, they brought in everybody together, like, right away, rather than, like... That, that's the thing that with Marvel, they already had their team, like, alliances, yeah. kind of, like, knowing all of each other. So when they came together already, they already knew each other. Yeah. Whereas, like, in Justice League, it's like, oh, oh, I have all these people on fire. Let's bring them all in together right now. For, yeah. Because we need them right away. Yeah, for sure. They should have, like, they, they tried to rush it, I think. It would have been great if they, like, you know, you have the Cyborg movie and you have the, like, Aquam. Yeah. yeah. Like, you have all of the You build them movies. up. Because that's what, yeah, that's what uh, Avengers was doing. Like, even, yeah. like, with Black Panther have, coming out where, like, before the uh, Infinity War movie came yeah. out. Yeah. Because it's like, let's set up these heroes before, like, the movie comes out. Because yeah. Because we need to like, get that information out. For sure. Because then also, like, there's so many, even, like, side characters in uh, Black Panther who end up in Infinity War mm-hmm. who were, like, people I didn't expect, but, like, I was like, oh, I love them in Black Panther. Yeah. So if they're going to be in, like, Infinity War and Endgame, then that's yeah. great. Like, it'll be... And I was, ta- like, I was talking to someone about Black Panther I really loved because... And I know the second one's coming out in yeah. the next phase. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I love that director, Ryan Coogler. Um, he, like, he always has such, like, really great things to talk about filmmaking. Mm-hmm. But also in Black Panther, <clears throat> there are, like, all these, like, 14 different people who are, like, known as, like, mostly character actors. And I think even the guy who played um, uh, T'Chaka, like, uh, Black Panther's father, mm-hmm. he was mostly, like, in, like an African... Uh, like South African like theater actor I think or something like really? that so he had mostly been doing more theater stuff and then brought but then like you know he ended up coming into that and so it was mm-hmm. cool to see how they were able to yeah merge all yeah, that yeah that movie was definitely like really well done really. yeah I, I love that I love all of the Marvel movies and just yeah. like if you don't like them just appreciate them I guess for like the cinematography and like the visual yeah. effects because you gotta realize people there was a lot of like time yeah. and money spent into putting like it's bananas how many like hours yeah. are put into it's like crazy. just doing the VFX like I yeah. work at a studio converting 2D movies into 3D and just to work on like maybe like I, I do the depthing process so when you put those glasses on uh, fun fact uh, yeah. when you actually do put the glasses on so like one eye does like light going on a horizontal plane right, the yeah. other eye does it going on a vertical plane so when those two eyes meet yeah. it kind of creates that 3D effect so when, yeah. when I'm actually doing that, I'm actually creating that, like, 3D environment. So when you see, like, the, the characters pop out at you, that's yeah. that's the environment that I'm creating. It's not, like, shot in 3D. We actually convert it. There's maybe yeah. a couple movies that are done in 3D, but it's such yeah. a lengthy process. It takes so much time to actually, like, clean up that way rather yeah. than just doing it this way. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, just, like, doing those kind of, like, where's I going with this? I hate when I go off on, like, the tangent and I keep All talking right. about no. it. Yeah, I guess about like yeah the technology that goes into yeah yeah because I mean, like, yeah because like yeah. an eleven second shot that I that I worked on it takes me about like a week to do that's like forty yeah. hours forty hours for an eleven second shot yeah so it's like a it's lot like of, it's a two lot of seconds work. a day yeah. yeah and this is just for like a the depth process there's so many different processes that go down from like sh- you have like the you have the shot that you you've done so it's probably yeah. behind a whole bunch of green screen so I haven't even like edited any of it so yeah. that goes down the line to like okay let's remove all the green screen, let's clean, let's do color correction and like add yeah. any like uh, CGI, any special effects. And every time you do a new thing, that keeps trickling down the line. Yeah. And then you get into like 3D, doing it into 3D, and then that gets put into like another line. Yeah. And so you're doing like putting it into like rotos. So like people, like we have a studio out in uh, India, so they create like little cookie cutter shapes. 
Yeah. So if we were to like be in like a a, a, sh- a movie right now, what yeah. the, what the art what those people would do is like they create like little shapes around all pieces of your body. Yeah. So like your like every part that moves around your body, it's like you're creating a shape. Yeah. So that when we're putting it into three D, it's like nice and clean. Yeah. And everything's all done up. So it's just like there's so many processes that yeah. just go just like after the fil- whole filming process. It's like that's why it takes about like a year. It takes like three months to film it, but it takes like another like seven to like twelve months yeah. to actually do the rest of the editing because it's such a long process. For sure, and yeah. that's what I feel like a lot of people just don't even realize. Like, there's a lot more than just like yeah. filming it. Why can't this movie come out now? Right? And that's why. And the whole Sonic the Hedgehog, you people hated the first one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, that right? was like you're so right. they had, I think yeah. they spent another like uh, five or six million dollars having to go back. And yeah, like redo all the models for just him. to make the just teeth, for that yeah. one character. <clears throat> yeah, just to make the teeth like a little less annoying for and the eyes because the eyes, eyes, yeah, yeah, the eyes were like very small. They weren't like Sonic eyes because you know Sonic. Oh yeah, he's got the big, giant eyes, eyes, but they were also like connected to each right. other. Oh, so yeah. his eyes weren't even connected. They were like little dots. Right. So oh, it's yeah, kind of like a little bit weird. Yeah. Yeah. Fair enough. Oh yeah. wow. Right. Cool. But yeah, yeah. So next time you go see a movie, don't even go see it for the story. Fuck the story because there's only so many times. You can yeah, see yeah, a story yeah, yeah, yeah. before you're like, this is a bullshit story. Just go yeah. for the visual effects because the amount yeah. of, it's an art. It's a collaboration of art. Yeah. Enjoy the people that put the art into it. Yeah. And I feel like that's that's something that people need to appreciate more. For sure, yeah. 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 I feel like this, oh, you said you have to go around. Yeah, unfortunately, time. I've got it. Yeah, yeah, yeah so, we'll, so we'll wrap this up. Guys, yeah. thank you so much for tuning in. Thanks, uh, Dan, for, uh, yeah. for coming out. Thanks, yeah. Thanks yeah. for having me, Jamie. Yeah. Glad to have you out there. It's Guys, uh, we do this every every Monday, 9 a.m. Um, don't forget to like and subscribe. Um, I will add Dan's uh, Instagram handle as at well. The da- at Dan the Guy Rosen. Dan the Guy Rosen. Yeah, yeah for all the people who um, who don't know how to listen, I will have it on a banner. And those okay. who don't know how to read, I will have I have the audio. Perfect, yeah. So we cover Inclusive. everything. Yeah, right? Yeah, there you go. I'll have, also have it like typed out too. So oh, for nice. the people that just like to read, just work yeah. under there. Yeah, Perfect. I'll have it there awesome. as well. <laughs> but yeah guys thank you so much for tuning in don't forget to like and subscribe um, guys let's peel out